I want to take this from a nuanced perspective because when I heard about this, I was sad because I feel as if, you know, I liked the allure and buzz around HBC football, not really from the outside society, but inside of it. I feel like from the prognostication from us and HBC game day, all script and swag buzz and all of these, you know, amazing platforms. I thought it was so interesting and so intriguing. It felt like it was professional football or like something that was even bigger and better, you know, than, um, you know, the other conferences. I think it made things interesting. The rivalries, the historic rivalries, the new rivalries that we were getting with FAMU and Jackson State and Alabama State and Jackson State. But it turned into anger when I rationalized that he really left because of the money and that people were dissing Jackson State. Like I was saying last week, like Jackson State is the slums and the HBCUs are less than. I've heard people say that HBCU football is like high school football. I've heard people both disrespect the WNBA and HBCUs, basically saying that both the WNBA and HBCUs are subpar products, which I disagree on both fronts. WNBA is great. Free Britney Griner, by the way. But my thing is that I want to really take this point in time to really lay out the facts and to hopefully explain as eloquently as Bumani Jones why HBCU alumni are upset and why I feel the way and why a lot of what these folks that are fans of Deion Sanders, why a lot of them are very wrong about what they're saying. So let's start with a 60-minute interview, all right? I'm, I'm going to run it down like, I, like I'm, I'm an attorney. I saw reasonable doubt. I'm going to be an attorney today, all right? And Arya is going to be the judge. So your honor, I would like to present to the court 60 minutes interview that happened with Deion Sanders in 60 Minutes. They recorded it around the time of the Grambling game. That was week four, around the time of September the 17th, where they beat Grambling. And he talked about so many different things in that interview, but I want to spotlight three things. So a lot of people point back to this interview to say that, well, he told you he was leaving. So let's play that clip. Let's play the clip of him talking about entertaining Power 5 offers. What happens when a Power 5 school says, give us a number, we'll make it work? I'm going to have to entertain it. You are? Yes, I'm going to have to entertain it. Straight up. Well, I'd be a fool not to. So he said, I'm going to have to entertain it. Yes, I'm going to have to entertain it straight up. I'd be a fool not to. And then the conversation then turns into he's trying to make sure his head coaches are good. Understandable. He's trying to make sure his assistant coaches are good. And you're like, well, he told y'all he was going to leave. He told y'all he wanted to take care of his assistant coaches. No one disagreed with that. We know that HBCUs are financially disenfranchised. We know that we don't have typically $5 million to pay a coach. We know that. And we knew that Deion Sanders was not going to be Eddie Robinson and be at Jackson State for 57 years. We understood that. But here was the part here that we were upset about where he said that he had a higher calling to be at an HBCU and specifically invoked George Floyd. Sanders took the job at Jackson State three months after George Floyd's murder. Timing, he says, that was no coincidence. It was relevant because it's a lot of folks sit back on the with Twitter fingers and talk about what they're going to do, and, and I wanted to go do it. Do what? Change lives. Change the perspective of, of HBCU football. Make everyone step up 
to the plate and do what's right by these kids. Change the trajectory of HBCU football. Does that sound like he said Jackson State? Does that sound like he said, I want to change the trajectory of the SWAC? He said HBCU football. And HBCU football is multi-layered because you have four conferences, the SWAC, the MEAC, the SIEC, the CIAA. It's a huge swath of HBCU football. Different conferences, you have D1 and D2. Sounds like he wanted to make a change. Sounds like he had a call to action once the George Floyd situation happened. To me, that's what it sounded like to me. And I, I have a degree from Fort Valley State University. I was a media studies graduate. I'm a writer and I'm an author. So my reading comprehension, I think, is pretty good. So when I tweeted and I said that Deion Sanders ain't do a thing about the SIAC and the CIAA, he didn't help us get a media deal. He didn't help our players. He didn't help our facilities. That is what I was talking about. But people were like, oh, what do you do for HBCUs? All these folks are talking. Do you donate? Excuse me, sir and ma'am. Do you realize who you're talking to? Because it's in my bio, HBCU Pulse founder. Been doing this for six years. I've given up a lot of my life for this. I didn't think I would be doing this HBCU media thing. I want to be the next Tom Joyner. I want to talk about all the stuff going on in the news. I, I want to be the next Stephen A. Smith too. Talk about basketball, sports. We Ariel and I were doing that. We weren't seeing views for HBCU football, even with Deion Sanders there. But we stuck to it. We kept going. And we did it because we love doing this and we love our institutions. So what am I doing? What did I do when I got Fort Valley on the shade room? When I said I would do it when I was at Fort Valley and it got a million views? What have I done when I have employed and worked with HBCU graduates? Primarily from North Carolina AT, by the way. And our REO knows that. Primarily from North Carolina AT, that's the that's majority of the team. But for Fort Valley, for Albany State, for Savannah State, the black folks that I put money in their pockets. So I think I can talk about this. And you can't pull my car because I could pull your car a, a real, real good. Because we're going to talk about it today because you're not going to pull my car. Because a White House HBCU all-star doing the Trump administration? I had to deal with that? You're not going to pull my car, man. Come on. My thing is this. As an HBCU graduate that's seen this, that's in this space, we were excited because we wanted change and we know change needs to happen. We know that there are issues with our schools. And we thought that Deion Sanders, who has money, who has a platform, who is one of the greatest athletes of all time, one of the greatest NFL players of all time, one of the greatest defensive players of all time. We thought he had the charisma, the resources, the swaggers to launch a movement. But that didn't happen because he wasn't there long enough. He sold this to everybody. He sold it to me. He sold it to Ariel. He sold it to Jackson State. He sold it to the SWAC office. And he sold it to Travis Hunter. Because in that same 60-minute interview, he basically broke down his recruitment pitch for Travis Hunter. What he was going to do was normal. It's been done. Big-time recruit going to a big-time school. But a big-time recruit chooses to go to Jackson State? Oh, that changes the trajectory of so many other kids. Now they're saying, hmm, if it's good enough for Travis to go there and play, it may be good enough for me. So that's a game-changing decision that he made for so many. He was making promises he wasn't around long enough to implement. Travis Hunter, who was injured, and we respect that, he barely played this year. If Travis Hunter wanted to get drafted this, this year, 
he wouldn't get drafted based on his numbers. He has flashes of greatness we saw. He can play both sides of the ball, but look at his numbers. And not because he's bad, but because he barely played. He played in that FAMU game, and then he didn't play for weeks on end. Didn't play against Tennessee State. Didn't play against Grambling. He was several games he didn't play. He just came back to be real. So you have the number one recruit that we didn't even get a chance to really truly fully see his potential on this level. And you sold him on the notion that you can go and you can make a change in your community. He wasn't around long enough to enact the promises. He didn't graduate a class. Do we want to see Shador grad- graduate? Yes, we did. Do we want to see Shala graduate? Yes, we did. Do we want to see Travis Hunter graduate? Yes, we did. And did we want to see it because we wanted to say that, that, that Shador and Travis and Shiloh are Jackson State graduates? Yes, we did. We did. But at the same time, you can't make a change that big in two years. The president needs four years, and y'all complaining about what Joe Biden did in two years. We did more than Deion Sanders. But, oh, perspectives. Oh, Brett Favre. Let's, let's bring up Brett Favre like he ain't getting the smoke. C- come on, man. Like, 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 what are we talking about? What are we talking about here? Like, there's so many lies that's going on about HBCUs and about what Deion Sanders really did for Jackson State. And it's two specific images that I want to bring up that's been going around that are either flatly false or misleading. So I want to bring up this first one to talk about the myths that Deion Sanders was everything to HBCUs. Off script, he called Deion Sanders Jesus Christ Jr., that's what he called him. That wasn't my thing. All script said that he was right all along, right? Because everybody felt like Deion Sanders was going to bring salvation. He died on the cross for HBCUs, and he civilized us. He taught us how to read, how to write, how to walk. No, he did not. Because this is a long history of HBCU football, 130 years before Deion Sanders. But let's really talk about the facts since you all want to bring up misinformation. So I saw this post that said prior to prime, if it rained, they couldn't even practice. He got, he got Jackson State two practice fields, a new locker room, a new football facility, new training facility. That is true. So it's, I'm not saying that Deion Sanders didn't do anything. He did great stuff, but y'all giving them too much. And y'all are definitely giving them too much when you say that he ushered in a 10-year TV rights deal with HBCU go for the entire HBCUs. No, he did not. Deion Sanders was a head coach. They had resources and a platform because he is a celebrity. He ain't do nothing with HBCU Go. You want to know how I can presume that he did not do anything with HBCU Go and I know he didn't do anything with HBCU Go? Jackson State wasn't even on HBCU Go this season. And if y'all are into HBCU stuff like me and that's dedicated their lives to HBCUs, you would go back and look at the initial schedule for HBCU Go. What game was supposed to be on there? The Jackson State-Campbell game. And that was the only Jackson State game they had on that schedule. But what happened to Jackson State-Campbell game? It was on ESPN3. Not even on TV. It was on ESPN3. Byron Allen and HBCU Go were supposed to have that game. And then it miraculously disappeared from their schedule. We didn't say a word. Nothing was said. We we didn't even say anything. We just like, whatever. It's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. We're going to watch it. That's the thing. Like, y'all are lying. And we're going to talk about the media thing more in a second, but y'all are lying. And y'all are being misleading. $30 million direct impact to the city of Jackson. But hasn't Jackson State always been an economic driver for Jackson, Mississippi? So Deion Sanders came 
and he just turned the lights on and he and he made Jackson Hollywood. He just miraculously fixed everything like Jackson State hasn't been one of the best universities in the HBCU space and like they haven't uplifted Mississippi. Oh, Deion Sanders did it. Oh, okay. So he brought awareness to issues within the city of Jackson. Or he did for real? So we didn't know about the water crisis? We didn't know about that? And, and, and y'all weren't blaming everybody but the governor, Tate Reeves, about that? Oh, it's Joe Biden's fault. It's Colin Harris' fault. It's Randall's fault. It's Ariel's fault. Y'all, y'all blaming everybody but that man? Y'all blaming everybody but the Republicans down there for the water crisis and the underfunding of Jackson State? He talked about it in his documentary. He showed how they had to deal with it. What did he directly do to address it outside of dis outside of dis outside of dis grambling fans for passing out when it was hot? He wasn't highlighting no issues. He did good stuff, but stop acting like he was Martin Luther King Sanders. Stop it. He wasn't. And I heard the price that he he's gotten Jackson State and also they said the swag. A lot of people have said out of terrible business deals only got Jackson State specifically out of the quote-unquote bad business of the HBCU Classics. That's all he did. And really, it was the Southern Heritage Classic contract that he spotlighted, and it was a couple other classics. But the media deals are actually pretty bad. ESPN is bad. The fact that we're only with ESPN as our primary rights provider is bad. And that HBCU Go deal could have been revisited. I've not been the biggest opponent of the HBCU Go deal, but that could have been revisited. So he got Jackson State in the swag out of all bad deals. No, he didn't. No, he did not. Well, let's talk about TV real quick. Just an information because the judge, I'm running out of time, judge. Okay. I'm saying I'm, I'm being passionate up here, judge. Because I'm being an attorney today. Let's talk about television and media. So it was another post I saw that said that he helped ES, he helped the SWAT get an ESPN TV deal. 120 million over 10 years. Y'all are lying. No, he didn't. First and foremost, those are these supposed numbers for HBCU Go, because it was never disclosed what HBCU Go paid the SWAC to get the SWAC on HBCU Go. We were hearing it was $120 million over 10 years. ESPN does not pay Jackson State that. I can assure you of that. They do not pay Jackson State, nor the SWAC, nor any HBCU conference that. So now y'all just are mixing stories up to make him sound like a mythical figure. But y'all saying that we're wrong? Y'all saying, what do y'all do? Well, what y'all do is lie. And I don't got time for it. We don't, we don't, like, like, we don't, we don't do the cap at HBCUs. We don't do the cap. We ride for our schools. Y'all don't really want it with us because we can bring up facts. Because now y'all are lying on this man. And he's letting y'all lie on him. Like, like he just is, is this mythical figure that is, is closing deals. Like he on Shark Tank. No, he's not. College game day came to Jackson State. It was the second HBCU campus that they were on. Well, they were on FAMU's campus first years ago. FAMU did it first. And back in 2005, they were at the Bayou Classic in wake of Hurricane Katrina. And they did a show from Louisiana. They've been to HBCUs before. They were at the MEAC SWAC Challenge for Alcorn and North Carolina Central. They were there. They talked about more about HBC football there than they did at Jackson State. Because they came to Jackson State and they talked about Power Five schools for two hours. 
And then they brought Stephen A. Smith. They brought Deion Sanders on. They did like a brief highlight of Walter Payton's Jackson State team. But they talked about power five schools in their eyes and then had the nerve to go on campus and, and speculate, oh, is Deion Sanders leaving in front of all those happy, cheering fans that are there for the Boombox Classic? You going to bring us that horroring day that we knew was coming is Deion Sanders leaving because we don't have the money for him. I, I'm just, it's, it, it's, it's insane to me. But I want to present this in conclusion, and this makes a closing argument. In my closing argument, I want to debunk the myth that Deion Sanders brought millions of people to watching HBCU football, which is false. And you can call me a hater. I've never been a hater of Deion Sanders. I've done nothing but promote the good that he's done. But I'm big on media numbers, and I'm still riding off the high that I had when I covered the Bayou Classic numbers and all those different things on last week. Go read that article on HBCPulse.com and watch that video. But let's talk about Every game that Deion Sanders and Jackson State was on TV playing football. It's not going to take long, y'all. It's, it's only nine games out of 30, out of 30, out of 33, because plus the celebration bowl that's going to be happening on the, on the 17th. We're going to talk about it in a second. But it's really only nine in, in totality if he coaches, eight if he doesn't, eight of 32. So if he doesn't coach at the celebration bowl, he has coached 32 games. Eight of those games have been on TV including spring 2021. So it's not going to take long to go through this because it was only so much he's been on TV. So let's talk about it. So on the 14th of March, 2021, Jackson State played Mississippi Valley. The game got 166,000 viewers on ESPN2. So on March the 20th, 2021, they played Alabama State. 203,000 viewers on ESPN2. On April the 3rd versus Southern, that was on ESPN, y'all. ESPN. Oh, we on ESPN. It was a big thing back then. 271,000 viewers. Then you got April the 10th, 2021, versus Alabama AM. Carnell Manor, he gave him the, the like, like the little scooter after Carnell Manor said what he said. And that, but that started in the spring when Alabama AM beat Jackson State. And he said recruit more five stars. That got 377,000 viewers. Now, why am I mentioning the spring? Well, we were saying, oh, it's great that HBCU football is on TV in the spring, and maybe we should switch it there. I wasn't saying that. We were talking about maybe we should switch it there as a community because we were like, we're getting more exposure. We're on ESPN now. We're on ESPN too. But the numbers didn't show up, and that was Deion Sanders' first few games in the spring where that wasn't a lot of other football. So let's go to fall. It's like, well, Randall, that was the spring. It was COVID. It was weird. Let's talk about the fall. So on September the 3rd, 2021 versus FAMU, the first Orange Blossom Classic, 700,000 views. That's pretty good. It was on ESPN too. He wasn't on TV again until the 4th of December, 2021. But oh, Deion Sanders is bringing a million eyeballs to HBCUs. But y'all value social media so much. As someone that works in the HBCU media space, but y'all y'all value social media so much when social media ain't really a direct currency, man. We're looking at real numbers here. And we're looking at the numbers that these media companies look at when they give the offers to HBCUs to then make the money. I love the 700,000 number. But on the 4th of December 2021, when Jackson State played Prairie View for the SWAC championship, 185,000 viewers. 
on ESPN2. Should we even count the Celebration Bowl? Because the Celebration Bowl, as I pointed out last week, has been getting consistently great viewership for years. And his edition of the Celebration Bowl, well, well, he lost to Buddy Pugh in South Carolina State. 2.6 million viewers. That's great. We love to see that on network television. But this year, Travis Hunter is at Jackson State. You got all this stuff going on. They were only on TV leading into the Celebration Bowl next week twice. Versus FAMU, Orange Blossom Classic 2022 on the 4th of September 2022, 958,000 viewers. And then last week versus Southern, 391,000. Both these games were on ESPN2. He only hit a million once. And we'll give him next week because they're going to hit a million again. They, they might they might hit a high. It might be 3 million. I, I, would, I would think maybe 3 million if it's marketed right because that might be Deion Sanders' last game coaching at an HBCU. You know what I'm saying? He might be successful in Colorado. We don't know. But where is the attention? Where are these million eyeballs when he's only gotten so far one game that had a million people watching? So – to rest my case, Ariel, you, you the judge right now, to rest my case, and don't lock me up because I talk too long, to rest my case, this is what I'm talking about. Y'all, like, everybody feels the HBCU alumni are always wrong. We're not. We have numbers, we have facts, we have experiences, and we're not saying that y'all are wrong. I'm not saying that Shannon Sharp is wrong. I'm not saying that Stephen A. Smith is totally wrong. I'm not saying that, that Ricky Smiley is totally wrong. I'm not saying that the donkey of the day for Charlamagne is totally wrong because he is not a sellout. He is not a coon. Deion Sanders is not any of that. He's never purported to be that. And yeah, I mean, it's good in theory that he's going to coach at a power five job. And I think it's going to help a lot more black athletes. But it was the promises that were made. It was the game he was spitting to us. And this how people are running off with fake numbers to make it seem like we're less than. We're high school football. Get your facilities in order. What do you do for HBCUs? Y'all not going to say a word about an HBCU next year when that man coaches his first game against Nebraska. Y'all ain't going to think about Jackson State. Meanwhile, Ariel and I next year, we're going to be talking about Jackson State and their game against South Carolina State in the MEAC Swag Challenge in Week Zero. Oh, did y'all know that was going on? I knew. Because I, I don't do anything about HBCUs. So, Ariel don't do nothing about, 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 about HBCUs. We knew that was coming. And guess what? We're going to watch it and we're going to talk about it. Man, listen, I'll rest my case, Judge. I'll rest my case. I'm going to go sit down, okay? Ariel, wh- what do you think? What, what do you think? Before we move on to celebration, what, what do you think? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Well, in the charges of <laughs> neglecting HBCUs, running away, I find. Deion Sanders guilty <laughs> of both. It's <laughs> um deputy, take him away. Um, I'll see you in my chambers ramble. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll we'll discuss there. But <laughs> I you, everything you said is correct, and I'm glad we got these facts straight because it, it doesn't make any sense how everybody can say that he did so much in the two years that he did. And it, it, it really, bo- first of all, it bothers me just to even hear, like, you think HBCUs are less than, or they're high school teams. That, we didn't start 
HBCUs to be a high school team. We didn't start to be looked looked blessed on. We started it because we weren't even invited in the same spaces in the first place. And then now that we're doing better and receiving recognition, even before and even before all this stuff was happening, it just you have to dis- diminish us. That HBCUs are getting so good and so threatening. Now we have to find something to dig up dirt on us so that we don't have to look as good as everybody else. That's what really bothers me. And then secondly, I think, you know, like how you were telling me the the sheep's clothing is now off. People are finally opening their eyes. And not necessarily that he hasn't done anything. It's the fact that he mostly, to me, it seems he did it for himself. And by doing stuff for himself, some good came out of it of doing it for HBCUs. You you brought over four coaches, four retired NFL coaches, to different HBCUs. I love that for you. You brought a five-star recruit to HBCU. I, I love that. You shine light on some circumstances that, you know, aren't based on HBCU housing culture or what's based on different stuff, some of our classics, some of our homecomings. Okay, that's nice. But in all of this, you did this on your own reality show. You did this on recordings, on TikToks, and on Instagrams just to see what your life is like at Jackson State University, not necessarily what player life is like at Jackson State University. We haven't seen any of kind of the behind the scenes of what Deion Sanders is to Jackson State. None of that was being publicized. The whole show is about you. You were a whole great gimmick. You were a figurehead in everything that we wanted you to be. And now that you're leaving, we're just back to being HBCUs. We're back to being the gutter. We're back. We're we're at a standpoint like, well, what are they gonna do? The theory of we weren't rich enough to keep him. They we weren't good enough to keep him. The theory of well, he'll be better off. And if he is, that's great. I hope he has a great season. We're not saying that we wish him the worst of luck and whatever you know what comes around goes around. We're not wishing that upon him. What we're saying is, and what I can agree with my co-host Randall. Don't come to us making all these promises and making it about yourself and do the little itty-bitty things that show that maybe you did some grander at a space that deserves everything that we never got. That's all we're saying. You could have gave us two more years. You literally could have. Like, like you thought that was going to be your best offer that you would have got. Imagine if you won the Celebration Bowl twice, maybe three times. Maybe it have three undefeated seasons. What would you would have looked like then? Because my worst fear is you go and you embarrass yourself where you could have stayed right where it was perfect. At least they gave you an introduction to the door. A lot of people are saying that Jackson State was his introduction. Jackson State was his stage. You helped us as much as we helped you. But yet two years was all you can give us. So like I said as the judge, I find him guilty on both counts. They can take him away and we'll see how his season goes in the fall. And just the, the thing that, that upsets me is that, I mean, we acknowledge what he's done that was good. Um, one of the best performing videos in HBCU Pulse history is when he told his players to present themselves appropriately when they're going to class. He said, take a shower, don't wear slides, be attentive. Like, that was an amazing moment, and that has 2 million views on HBC Pulse's YouTube. I mean, he brokered a deal between the SWAC and Pepsi. He helped that happen. He did that. He did do that. But y'all aren't even attributing that to him in your argument. It's some people that are doing it, but it's like, because I, I, I like to deconstruct arguments. And I, I like to be like, well, you know, you would win this argument if you say X, Y, Z. I like to do that often. 
Because I feel, because I feel like if you understand both sides of the argument, you automatically win. So if you, if y'all said, well, he he did this with Pepsi, and he and he broke it a a three year deal that's gonna that's gonna end in twenty twenty four with Pepsi and it's money going in and X Y Z, and he he brought Walmart in and Walmart helped fund you know the new facilities for Jack State. You wouldn't win the argument, but you'd have a little bit more of an upper hand because that would show that you know a little bit about what's going on. But instead of actually doing research and actually paying attention, that's too hard. Let me just say something that is just totally blatantly false and look at something on Facebook and Instagram and just push it around and say, see, HG alum, got y'all. No, you didn't because we've been here to witness it for years, for two years. We've been there to witness it. And we've been there to see HBCU life before Deion Sanders, and we're going to be here to see it after because we're lifers. We got our degrees from our HBCUs. We've succeeded and we've struggled. And then for Ariel especially, Ariel has seen a great football team. North Carolina and was a dynasty. They won the most celebration bowls. They were beating out-of-conference opponents and was Deion Sanders didn't play North Dakota State, he didn't play South Dakota State. He didn't even play Mercer. And here in, here in Macon, where, where I'm at, he didn't even play Mercer because Mercer was ranked this year. He didn't even play Mercer. But not, And his thing people don't know. For what I'm seeing for FBS schedules, he's going to play North Dakota State in 2024. And it's like, oh, it took you going to a Power 5 school to play what is most likely the best, like FCS school, and most likely, and we don't know, they could be the champions again this year. They're the defending champions of 2021. They could very well win the FCS championship again this year. So you got to go to a power five school to beat the, the FCS school. And I hope you beat them because if you don't, oh, my God. We'll, we'll, we'll be done talking about Deion Sanders being the HBCU. By 2024, we'll be done with that. It would have been two years. We would have moved on. But if you lose to North Dakota State at a power five school, and you have a year under your belt with your players and your and your recruits, and most likely Shador as a senior, and then Travis as a junior. We're gonna have to have some conversations, Mr. Sanders. Coach Prime, we have to have some conversations. That's all I'm saying. Thank you for what you did, but you didn't thank Jackson State, and we were not the ghetto. HBCUs were not the ghetto, and Jackson State is one of our best, most storied institutions. And I'll say this, then we'll move on to the celebration bowl. Jackson State. Before Deion Sanders got to Jackson State, and I'm looking at the scope of 2000 to 2022, Jackson State had 10 winning seasons before Deion Sanders got to Jackson State in 2020. Now, they had a skid in 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019. That, that happens. But in 2013, they were in the SWAC championship and they could have beaten Southern in what is a classic game that was on ESPN, actually. They could have won that game, but it just didn't go in their favor. So they could have one extra SWAC championship, but Southern got them. So Colorado was 1-11 last year. They've had six winning seasons in 22 years, not counting the 2020 season. I'm not going to count that. They played six games. I'm not going to count that. So that's all we're saying. So take that how you will. I'm about done talking about it because y'all, y'all, y'all not gonna kill me, man. I'm, I'm just be honest with you. Like I, I gotta move on, man. I got life to deal with. My my birthday coming up, man. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna be out like that. But listen, I want to deal with that. Christmas Day, by the way, if y'all care. <laughs> 
Like what you hear? Uh, yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to HBCU, HBCU Pulse, Pulse Radio. Radio.